Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bourne. I'm the media host for Thrive Today and the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Well, look, our primary goal at Thrive is to help you identify the authority of God's word and connect it to your success at work. Well, today we're talking with Shanti Feldheim. Shanti received her graduate degree from Harvard University, and she was an analyst on Wall Street before she unexpectedly became a social researcher, best-selling author, and popular speaker. Today, she applies her analytical skills to investigating eye-opening, life-changing truths about relationships, both at home and at work. Welcome to the podcast, Shanti. It's great to be with you. Well, you know what? I just loved your article in this month's edition of the Thrive Today magazine, where you talk a little bit about the seasons of life. And before we got started, we even just talked about how important it is to understand seasons and rhythm, both at home and at work. So I think for the ladies, let's just dive right in, because this is a topic they're standing at a crossroads right now thinking about some of these things. Yes. You know, it's interesting. This project has been going on for years. And I wrote this book called The Life Ready Woman quite a few years ago. And there's a companion Bible study called, of all things, Find Balance, (laughs) because that is what a lot of us are trying to do, right? All of us busy women. And it's interesting. One of the key elements that I think all of us kind of know exists but we often don't live that way is recognizing that there are actually seasons of life mm-hmm. and you can do things in different seasons. Different seasons are more fit. Let's just put it that way for being able to do certain things and not do certain things. And the big sort of starting point, honestly, Natalie, we women, especially high capacity women who have a lot of opportunities in the workplace, a lot of leadership opportunities, one of the things that we have to confront is that we do have to make choices because we can't sort of have it all, all at the same time. Like maybe be able to have it all over the course of our lifetime, but we're not designed to be able to have it all and do it all and be it all, all at the same time. And this, I have to just sort of tell you where this came home to me. I thought this was hilarious. A number of years ago, I released a book called The Male Factor, which was, you know, helping women in the workplace and sort of in leadership and interfacing with many of our male colleagues who often are also in leadership. (laughs) And I launched the book on the Today Show. And Meredith Vieira was the one that interviewed me. This was back when Meredith Vieira was on the Today Show. And and it's interesting. I found her to be so astute. Like, I don't always agree with her on everything, but she was very professional, very astute. I really, really appreciated the way she handled certain things. And I was like, I have to tell her that something she said is so wise for women like us who are in these crazy seasons with lots of demands. Most people don't remember that Meredith Vieira, before she was on the Today Show, you know how she was on The View? Before she was on The View, she was actually one of the primary correspondents for 60 Minutes. A lot of people don't know that. And she was juggling like a lot of us are, you know, spouse, kids, demanding work, travel, and She went to her boss at 60 Minutes, I think Steve Hewitt was the producer, and she said, you know, 
I have little kids. I'm going on all these international assignments. And, you know, whenever you're on an international assignment, there's just, it just takes a lot of extra time away from the family. And she said, you know, during this season of life, it would be great if I could be put on more domestic assignments Mm -hmm. so that I could be away from home for one or two nights rather than for a week at a time. And Steve Hewitt, the producer of 60 Minutes said, I'm sorry, this is the job. Wow. Like either you do it the way we kind of need you to do it or you leave. And she said, fine, I'll leave. Can you imagine being one of the primary, one of the only female correspondents on your dream job and going, I'm going to make this choice according to the fact that I'm living in a season with young children. And that must have felt like the death of a dream, right? Like she didn't know that a few years later she'd be on The View. She didn't know that a few years later she'd be on The Today Show. She was just being authentic, trying to recognize what was needed. There was an interview with her a few years later where it was Time Magazine was doing this series on successful superwomen or something. I forget (laughs) what they called it. But that's, you know, whatever we feel like we're supposed to be, right? And uh, there was one question that the interviewer asked each of these women and, you know, leaders in media and Hollywood and business and healthcare and whatever. And they asked each of these female leaders who had risen to the top of their game, Mm -hmm. what do you say to women who want to have it all? And it was one after another after another of rah, rah, you go girl, Mm -hmm. right? You can do everything. You can have it all, all at the same time. Meredith Vieira said... I hate that expression. (laughs) And she said, you know, when I left 60 Minutes to focus on my family, I had women who came up to me very angry. Wow. And said, how, you know, you were proof that you could have it all. Like, how dare you leave? And she said, you know, I thought that was ridiculous that I would lie to myself to create a lie Uh for everybody else. Yeah. And she said, you have to prioritize And, you know, she said, depending on your season of life, if you can fit in a husband and kids and a job and volunteer activities and all these other things and be comfortable with it, awesome. But she said, I realized I couldn't at that time and give my kids and husband what they needed. Anyway, long setup to say it often looks like we're making this huge, like, oh, my gosh, my life is ending kind of Mm -hmm. choice when we prioritize different things in different seasons. And it's not because we're living according to God's design for us. Wow. Well, that's a beautiful setup. And I think it's kind of where we need to land because this is such an important topic. You know, I was thinking about, as you were talking about this, I was going through my, all the things that I've given up because it just wasn't the right season. Like when I was younger, I used to play golf because all the men played golf and I wanted to not be left out of all the important meetings. So I taught myself how to play golf. I hired a coach eventually, but I can't do that anymore because, you know, when my children were young, that was not a thing. And then I also think about Jack Welsh, who came out and said, hey, it's not work-life balance, it's work-life choices. And a yes to no, one thing is a no to another. So I think you're setting up something that we just need to land on today, which is this whole idea of how do we really discern the season we're in, and then how do we operate from that season? Yeah, the biggest thing that I think, 
And now this is, I've been looking at this for so long and there's so many different answers because you look at the word, you look at what the Bible says about how we're designed and there are some truths there. And then the question is, how do you apply them, right? Like, what does that exactly look like? And that's where I think, you know, for me, the way I put it in the fine balance Bible study is you're living according to your design. And one of the pieces of your design is the season of life. Wow. that you're in, right? It's, it, this is just the way that things work. There were things that I could do when Jeff and I were newly married, living in New York, but that I couldn't do once kids came along, right? And there were things that I could do. Oh my gosh, like everything changed once my oldest child started driving, <laughs> like the angels <laughs> were singing. <laughs> it was astounding. You were no longer um, an Uber. <laughs> Well, I still was <laughs> to some degree, because <laughs> you know, younger kids. Anyway, but it really it like frees you up. And every woman listening to this who is in that season with, oh my gosh, there should be a season of life that is labeled "kids start driving" because it just <laughs> changes everything. And then, of course, for people, you know, once the kids leave home and they're in college, you can do different things. The thing that we have to wrestle with. <laughs> And this is something, honestly, I encourage people to wrestle with it together, you know, and to like get a discussion group of mm -hmm. other women who are like-minded, even if they're in different seasons, right? To kind of wrestle with this is that for us as women, the problem is in order to make choices, we have to confront the little voice of the enemy, which has like been going on ever since the garden right? What did, yeah. what did the serpent tell Eve? Like God had said, you can have all this wonderfulness in the garden, just not this one thing. Right. And so what does Eve do? She obsesses one thing. Yes. <laughs> this, this one thing. And the serpent comes along and points at that one thing and says, you're missing something. Yeah. And that's it for us as women. It's like, I don't want to miss something. Yeah. And what is that? Is that one thing different for everybody? Or is it like, does it a moving target for most people? Or is it like very similar for everybody? Well, I think probably for us as women, the whole concept of, especially if we're high capacity women, women in leadership, you know, it's like the idea is that the train is passing me by, right? Mm -hmm. The parade is moving on. Other people are moving up. Other people are getting the good deals. They're having better careers. They're doing things that I'm not able to do. And this is where we can so easily focus on that stuff and do the same thing that Eve did, mm -hmm. <laughs> which, and believe me, I've done this many times, do the same thing Eve did where we get this focus on this one thing, whatever that is, you know, the fact that like this was me on Wall Street, you know, I started in a class of, I don't know, probably 30 new employees out of our graduate school program. And there were very few of us who were women, most of it because it was Wall Street, right? Most people were guys, there were probably five or six of us women. And I'm watching these men move up. And I'm watching them do these other things and take international assignments. I was in an international group, but I was a newlywed. Yeah. I didn't want to get these postings to China or Japan or whatever. And because my husband was in New York and 
it was one of those things that I'm focused on that as opposed to going what Eve should have done is like, yeah, look, if I am in the middle of all this wonderfulness, if I just lift my eyes and go, there's this whole other perspective, I'm not missing something. I'm finding something. Wow. And it's just finding different things at different seasons. Wow. I love how you kind of just circled us around this idea that like, it doesn't matter what it is, like label it right for what it is for you. It's the idea of FOMO. Like this is regardless, it's a fear of missing out. Yeah. Like missing out on the promotion, missing out on the whatever. And the antidote to that is, is to looking out gratitude and looking up, worshiping God. And I, and I love that because those are the two things that will help you to understand your season and remove the FOMO. And that's such a big topic, I think, for us as women. Huge. Eve was like FOMO number one, right? (laughs) Like She was the first of many women that had succumbed to that. And all she had to do was go, yeah, I'm missing one thing. I have all this other great, wonderful stuff. Like, what is wrong with me? But we do the exact same thing. Yeah. And so it is so, it is also really crucial. And I'm sure you've covered this before in this podcast. But one of the things that we have to confront, and it's easier for me now with the perspective of a few more years under my belt mm-hmm. than, you know, when I was 25. Sure. years old, when I was 30 years old, 35 years old with young kids, it's easier for me to kind of go, wait a minute, it, there is a pattern of life and a natural flow. And there is, when we're talking about seasons of life, there are things that are rich and beautiful about this season that I'm in. And here's the thing that I will miss if I'm always trying to do this and this and this and this, because we all know if you're trying to do it all, you're not going to do anything well. Yeah. And everybody's going to be mad at you (laughs) and and you're going to feel guilty about every area of life as opposed to like, if you were on a work project, like just pretend you had no at home. Let's just pretend that your life existed in isolation and your work was literally all you ever did morning to night. There was nothing else. And you were really good at your job. And your boss comes to you and says, I need you to tackle these seven projects. And that's going to take about 150 hours a week. Wow. Okay. You would go, well, I'm setting myself up for failure by agreeing to this. So Mr. Boss or Miss Boss, you know, how about instead of seven projects, we talk about which two are your priority. Mm-hmm. So I can work 50 or 60 hours a week and actually get the work done well and sort of feel like I've done a good job. But if I take on all seven, right. I, I will know up front, I'm not going to do any of them well. And you don't want yeah. that. I don't want that. We would, of course, do that at work. So why don't we do that with the big picture of our whole life? And we try to take on everything and we don't do anything well. Wow. You've spoken an entire word there. And I think, you know, that something I wrote down as you were talking is like, there are forced and unforced rhythms. And I think the seasons we want to be in, they need to feel unforced. And yeah. I think oftentimes we do exactly what you're talking about. We take on too much. We force things and you're right. Then we start to drop balls. We start to have frustrations. We can't understand why we're not succeeding. And I think that if I'm honest, 
when I see this modeled well, I see men model this pretty well with creating Mm -hmm. healthy boundaries and saying, hey, if you hired me to do X and Y, if you're going to ask me to do Z, which one are you taking away? And I think as women, we have to get good at setting that boundary as well and saying, hey, you hired me to do this. If you want me to do that, which one is going away? And so sometimes we feel that we, you know, we're just honored to have a seat at the table so we can't push back. And I think it's in the pushback that you one, respect yourself, your boundaries, and you actually respect the work that you're bringing to the table because people understand that you can't do it all. And you know, you can't do it all either, but we do it anyway. We just gather it all up and take it all on. Yeah. It's, and there, let's just be honest. Let's just call it like it is. There are advantages in our current marketplace to being a dude. <laughs> like, you know, it's it just is in some environments. Unfortunately, that's the case. But what I've seen is over the years, that has gotten less and less. There's mm-hmm. less and less of the good old boy network. And it's really truly about who is it that it's not just about results. And this is something that is a huge misunderstanding to many women in leadership in the workplace. Women think it's all about the results and it's not. That's a giant myth. It is about the results and being seen as being part of the team and being all in whatever it is that the team is carrying. And this is something that a lot of times women aren't necessarily good at signaling because for us, we know we're competent, right? Like it shouldn't matter if I have to leave at five o'clock to go get Johnny to his baseball game, as long as I get my work done right. and I'm going to be up at midnight finishing the report. So it doesn't matter. And one of the things that we have to wrestle with is that for the results, that's true. But signaling that you're carrying the weight along with everybody else and signaling that you're all in, it matters. It really does. It's one of the things that we found in our surveys of men in the workplace for the male factor is they feel like, and it's not just men, it's anybody in leadership, but it just that often is men. <laughs> and there, there is a desire to see everybody, man or woman, they don't care, just signaling that they care about sharing the burden, sharing the weight, being all in, being part of the team. And there are ways to do that without signaling that my boundaries are keeping me from being part of the team. So let's practically get into that. What does that look like for women to signal? Because I know every woman on this call is thinking, oh my gosh, you just said, because results and team, and we're not telling people that we're carrying the weight. And therefore we don't seem like, maybe we seem like we're not a part of the team. Often in a way that we as women don't see. And let me give you an example of this just because it, it's helpful as, a, as an illustration. And by the way, this is going to sound depressing. It, I promise it isn't. <laughs> I'll come back to sort of how we handle this. But this is what I heard as I was doing all of the surveys, because this was a big nationally representative survey of men in the workplace, including a panel of 100 senior executives. And so we got really good rigorous data anonymously, what do they actually think as opposed to what they say out loud, which, you know, political correctness, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I want to know what they actually think, right? What is the actual perspective on things? One of the things that we heard multiple times that we have to grapple with 
was a word picture about when they played football in high school. Hmm. And any woman who's played, who was an athlete in high school knows exactly what I'm about to say. But a lot of us, like I did other stuff. I wasn't a sports girl. I did tons of activities, but that, you know, I wasn't, I didn't go on soccer team past middle school. But a lot of guys, that's kind of a grid that they have. And the way they put it is, let's say you're on the football team in high school. And let's say you are one of the best athletes on that team. You can catch the ball every time you're a wide receiver, or you can make the block every time when you're a linebacker. And so you go, well, you know, coach and hey, team members, I know we're doing these two a day practices during the summer to get ready for football season, but you know, I'm really good. So I don't need to do that to get results. So I'll just come to one practice a day and everybody else can do two a days. Mm. You would never do that. Right. Because you would rightfully be seen as not part of the team. You're not, and, and the way the guys often put it is, you're not sharing the same pain and you're not being seen mm -hmm. as being all in on, you can get the results, but there's more to it than just getting the results. And so wow. I started asking, you know, what does that mean for those of us as women who, and really, and men too, right? This is increasingly something that, men establish boundaries around time with family and kids. And especially in the wake of COVID, we're seeing a lot of people make choices for teleworking. Yeah. And which is great. Like, I'm really glad that things have opened up a lot more flexibility. However, and this is where it comes back to, here's the reality. We have to understand the signal that we're sending and send it purposefully. And it requires us being willing to really grapple with a reality and make an affirmative choice. And again, our season of life is going to be a big part of that, making an affirmative choice and saying, it's okay that I'm making this choice at this moment. And I can make a different one in a few years, whatever it is. So like, for example, I was talking to a guy who has kids in middle school and he's all in on like, I think they're like baseball geniuses. Like <laughs> really good. all these, these little boys who are all like, you know, 10, 11, 13 years old. And he works at a giant corporation. He has a great education. He has lots of opportunities, but he purposefully said, okay, I need to not do the equivalent of the two a day practices. Yeah. I can only do the one a day because I have to leave at five 30 in order to make the baseball round right on, on a lot of different days. And so he purposefully made that choice and went to his boss and his team. And he was like, okay, just so you know, for the next three years, you know, I will be cutting out at five 30 I'll be coming back to whatever I need to finish, you know, in the evening. But just so you know, I'm, this is a choice I need to make. And he was at an office where they were like, great. And he made the choice knowing that, okay, so that meant he wasn't going to be up for the promotion mm -hmm. for that season. And he was cool with that. And the problem is we often as women, we try to make those choices and still try to be up for everything. But we don't, and, and we also don't communicate. And, and that's kind of what I hear you absolutely. saying as well. Like 
the team now knows where his priorities lie. They they know where he is when he's not there. He's not mailing it in. He's with his kids and he'll be back online yeah. later to finish the work. And I think what you're saying feels so simple, but we, I don't do this. I don't say, Hey team, I'm in a season, like right now my daughter's doing volleyball, right? So I'm in a season where my daughter's doing oh, yeah. volleyball. So you may notice from time to time, I'm not here. I'm at a game. Like I don't say that. And so I feel <laughs> you're right. Like we're missing out on the opportunity to tell people we are a team player, but here's where we are. It is the blessing of the last few years with COVID and the advent of telework and virtual work being a thing is that it used to be that there was, especially with kind of the old guard, not so much kind of the Gen X and millennial generation, but slightly older generations. It used to be that when you would say, well, I'm leaving to go to a volleyball game, people would, that would be looked down on too. Mm -hmm. Today, everybody's seen everybody's kids <laughs> in the back of their Zoom calls. They've seen the pets. They've seen the delivery guys. Everybody knows everybody lives a life, Right. And so the good thing is, is that it's kind of broken that barrier to some degree. And right. there is a lot more permission to be able to say, I'm doing this, but I will get it done. Or, and because this is what a lot of us have trouble with, or being able to evaluate and officially say, I want to do a good job on this. So, hey, boss, colleagues, this is a 60 hour a week project and I only have 40. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? You know, wow. how, how can we actually get this accomplished and being purposeful about it and being okay that setting those boundaries means that there's going to be trade-offs and consequences in our work life. And that is fine as opposed to having the fantasy and living according to this fantasy that I should still be the person put on the big deal that's going to be requiring all the travel and the time and the whatever. Like, okay, no, I, I am okay that I will maybe get one of those deals every once in a while. Right. And instead, maybe once the kids are in high school, then I can put my hat in the ring for those big deals when they're driving. Right. <laughs> it's just, again, it's a different season. I have loved this because we are leaning into knowing your season is knowing your boundaries and knowing your season is also knowing how to communicate. And I think regardless of where you're at in your organization or in your business, these are all principles that we can carry through to our customers. We can carry them yeah. through to our family. These are beautiful principles that, you know, some of us just need to sit down and say, where am I really at? <laughs> What's really going on? Because yeah. maybe... I have been fooling myself. I have been so involved in FOMO that I'm not actually taking the time to think some of these things through. Shanti, here's what I know about you. You're a wealth of information. What are like maybe three of the books that you've written that you would highly suggest maybe to kind of continue the conversation on these topics that women could pick up and, and start to dive into? So probably the starting point, if somebody really wants to dive in and like figure out how to apply this to their life... I really would suggest the Find Balance Bible study. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm at the top of the list. So I'm like over here raising my hand. And I really would suggest that you get a few girlfriends to do it with you. You can yeah. do it by yourself, but it's designed for discussion. And 
it's designed to be able to have other women wrestling through this with you. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say it is important to be aware that, and we set this up at the beginning of the Bible study, that we really, we lean heavily into what is the Bible actually calling us to? And so if there's somebody in the group who they're not as on board with the idea that the Bible should be a guide, that's something that, you know, you'll be wrestling with as a group. But if you're up for that, that also makes a good outreach. (laughs) But that would be the first thing. And the book that goes along with that is called The Life Ready Woman. Okay. So those, that would be the starting point. The other thing that might help if you do work with men, I would suggest the male factor. Now it's, it's a 10 year old book. The study was done 10 years ago. It doesn't have anything about all the virtual remote options that we have today and all the stuff that we talked about. So what we talked about today is more of an update to that. So just keep that in mind. But everything else is very helpful, I think, for people like us who work with a lot of guys. <laughs> so. That's so awesome. Well, I know we're out of time, but I would love to just continue this conversation because I think Absolutely. we could talk for another two hours on this. But I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today and for being with us. Thanks, Natalie. Well, you can follow Shanti at Shanti.com. You can also go over to LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram and follow her at Shanti Feldhahn. And I want to thank you ladies for joining us today for the Thrive Today podcast. Look, we want you to subscribe. We want you to share this episode on all of your social media platforms. And we want you to remember to thrive. We'll see you next time.